Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Dylan Holman and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward who has over 10 years experience in the markets. Hello everyone, how are you? The podcast has a simple format which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week we're looking at Neo, Lloyds and EasyJet. First things first though, Henry, how's your week been? Work's been really, really good. We looked too short the Dow off, uh, off a bit of a divergence and it didn't work out very well. But if you're looking at the likes of foreign exchange, we were looking at sure our uh, NZD strength and we had a really, really nice winner on Euro NZD and it's still running at the present moment. So NZD has had massive strengths over the last over the last week to 10 days. So anyone who's been trading the likes of foreign exchange and looking for a strong currency, NZD has, has been doing extremely, extremely well. Okay, well, first topic is NEO. And now this is actually the second time that we've discussed NEO on the podcast. Um, obviously, there's been a huge rise on this stock price uh, since we talked to uh, our millions of listeners on this podcast <laughs> about it. But it actually has, you know, the stock's gone up 279%. Um, so anyone who's obviously jumped in when we last discussed uh, NEO has done very well out of it. Yeah, so it's it's done extremely extremely well. It's it's one of these one of these things that has has gone on from sort of strength to strength, and it just goes to show that how much how much power we have in the market, Dylan, and it's us and our, and our listeners. Yeah, something like that, anyway. But there might be a little bit more to it. So uh, why has it had this uh, meteoric rise? Yeah, no, but look, there's there's a, there's a couple of reasons, and um, one of the, what, there's a big reason for such a big jump is that. Um, it had a 26% jump on a, on a report from JP Morgan. Now, uh, according to Barron's analyst, Nick Lay, picked it as a stock from, from hold into buy, had a price target of $40, which it, it's, it's already hit. Now, when he actually came out the report, it was only half that, so expecting the stock to grow by 50%, and, and that's exactly what it did. And one of the things that he uh, came out and said is that the likes of NIO is the winner in the premium space for the Chinese electric vehicles market. Now, Lang expected electric vehicles to control 20% of the Chinese market by 2025. So if we put that in the context that Chinese market is the second biggest market globally. So to, to corner 20% of that market so quickly, that will be huge for electronic vehicles. Electric vehicles is definitely the topical aspect of the automobile industry at the moment. You know, obviously in US, UK, Tesla seems to be the driving force. I've got about five or six Teslas on my street alone. They all have their little <laughs> charging uh, ports going over the pavement, which is a little bit annoying, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but um, Neo in China is very much the dominant player. But you know, obviously, when you look at Neo's price, you've got to look at Tesla's. And so, how have they compared? Yeah. So, if we if we look at the the companies um, over over a short period of time, is is Neo's share price has outpaced Tesla's for 2020. As of October the 14th, Neo stock price has risen 612 percent this year, 
whereas Tesla has only risen 375% this year now. I say only. Yeah, I was going to jump in there. (laughs) 375% rise is still phenomenal. And Tesla has been one of the most traded um, instruments on the Toro platform. But it, it just goes to show that the, the power and, and the demands on, on NEO at the present moment is um, NEO's valuation is 24 times its sales, vastly exceeds that of 17.1% of sales on the likes of Tesla. And then if you actually go further down the road and you talk about um, the likes of GM Motors, GM Motors is only 0.39 per sale. So to put this into, into context is that they are doing extremely well at the present moment. Yeah, so how I'm understanding that is what you're saying is NEO is a cheaper stock to buy if you were to buy the full stock. Obviously, on eToro, you can buy fractional shares, but if you were to buy the full thing, and it has a better percentage of sales per share. Yeah, so basically, yeah. So people people ask me all the time about NEO, is it going to drop? Is it going to drop? But if you compare that to the likes of Tesla, it continues to go up. And then if we if we then look into the numbers, is NEO's numbers are pretty impressive. As like I just said there, that their the revenue per share or per sale is much greater than the likes of Tesla and their stock valuation or stock growth is nearly almost 100% more than the likes of Tesla's. If we look a little bit more into the numbers there, um, NEO delivered 4,700 vehicles in September. Now that was up 133% on the year before. In the third quarter, it delivered deliveries increased by 154% as well to 12,200 and all deliveries for the first nine months of 2020 had more than doubled to 26,000. So add that all up and you have a pretty, a pretty damn healthy stock. Now, if you then compare like for like, because that's what we're doing at the minute. We're, we're, we're comparing like for like. So if you, if you look at the report that came out by JD Power, um, he said that NEO ranks almost brilliantly against most, most of Tesla's actual battery powered. So that's the, that's the big one that electric vehicles is, is the battery powered. When you look at the likes of these battery powers, is, is how they rate them is on the amounts of problems that they have. So if you look at NEO's um, BEV segment, it's 109 problems cited per 100 vehicles. So now whether that's good or bad, we have no idea. Yeah, so very, very, yeah, I was going to say, um, it seems a very unusual way to um, measure performance. And I'm presuming you're not an expert at this. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. But, but what I can do is I can compare numbers. Uh, yep. And it's, it, it's, it's very, very easy to look at data and, and, and analyze it. So um, you have 100, 109 problems problems per 100 vehicles. Now, if you look at Tesla, Tesla have 113 problems for the same 100. ORA, they have 129. So that, that, you know I mean, that there's a big difference in the likes of them there, which means that their battery has less problems. They are a cheaper stock. They are growing exponentially quicker than Tesla now. So it then goes into, this could be a massive alternative to Tesla. And if you'd think Tesla will continue to rise, have a look at the likes of the Chinese market, have a look at NEO, and then see, will NEO continue? And at the present moment, is NEO overvalued? If you compare it to Tesla, then no. If you compare it to its sales, its revenue, its growth, then no, not massively. I would like some sort of a pullback on the stock itself before I jump in, but there is loads of upside if you're looking at this long term. 
It's interesting to see Neo's growth strategy because Tesla is now found in mainstream Western countries. You know, it's in the US, UK, Germany, etc., etc. Neo seems to be just concentrating on really dominating China and not looking beyond. To be fair to them, they are playing in the second biggest pool in the world. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big pool to be dominating. So the idea is, I suppose, if you get your, your bread and butter, your home ground, uh, so if we put it into a football analogy, if you win your home games, then you will start picking up away game wins as well. So and that's, and that's their strategy at the minute is get their home ground, win, win the home games, um, get it big in China and then start exporting it. Okay, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is Lloyd's. Like most banking stops, they've not really had a great 2020, have they? Especially these last 10 months where their stock's down about 60% so far. Um, With a drop like that, is backing the banks a safe bet or still too risky? It comes down to what's your what's your personal opinion on the likes of these. So this this is not the normal the normal type of um, stock that we would generally go for. But if we if we look at Lides now, around ninety seven percent of Lides revenue comes from the UK. Now, so the bank is pegged to the fortunes of the UK economy now. See, the likes of these banks are very cyclical, okay? So they follow cycles, they follow trends. And, and a lot of these banks follow the trends of economies. It comes to, very, it comes to that Lloyds follows the likes of the UK economy quite, well, I say 97% of it, so it follows it. So it, it is something that we, we sort of need to keep an eye on. So we talk about gold and US dollar being, being linked in the opposite direction, whereas you have lives in the UK economy, they are massively linked in the same direction. So if you wanted to potentially trade the FTSE without actually buying the FTSE, you could potentially buy the likes of, of lives. So the idea is, is that if you, the anticipated downturn has brought the stocks to its knees because of the, the GDP getting weaker, and the economy getting weak of people losing their jobs. So, and if the economy then has an upturn, you would then also expect the upturn to happen on the likes of Lloyds as well. Yeah, I guess most of the banking stocks that we've talked about, HSBC, Barclays and others, you know, they're global players while Lloyds, as you say, has 90% of their business coming from the UK, which is, you know, almost like having all their eggs in one basket. With Brexit on the horizon, is this kind of a, a big factor into how the share price will play out? Yeah, probably, probably. But if you look at it from the most part, is that yes, they have all the regs in the one basket, and it, it, it's not a massively encouraging thing to see to see one revenue. I know we talked about over the stock last week had um, four uh, Honeywell. It had four revenue streams, and it was something that we talked about with with massive enthusiasm that it, that it was going really, really well. Where you have the likes of Lloyd's, it, it literally has one string to its bow, and it it's, has the UK market, and it's that. That's it. Now, if something happens to the UK market, then obviously we're going to have we're going to have massive, massive implications. Now, you talked about the Brexit deal. Now, for example, if the UK agrees to a free trade agreement with Europe, we could see shares and lives respond uh, well to the news. And and then overriding that, if you have the worries about coronavirus pandemic and it's continuing, and we continue with our lockdown, we could then probably have a, a drop to the downside in this. And then with the sudden arrival of a vaccine, if that happens, then overnight, then all of a sudden the stocks could take a massive jump. So yeah, we are we are very, very linked to what's happening in the market pretty much at the moment with the likes of with the likes of lives. So it's obviously at a very low price for what it's been historically. So what would you see the downside of investing in a stock like this? Oh well the, the, there's there's huge downside on this as well still. Well I say huge downside. 
it is dropped so much that I don't see massive amounts of downside again on it. Does that make sense? If you look into their numbers, they're now operating at something which is which is pretty much at their base level. They have cut back jobs. They've cut what the, any dead weight they've had to. At the baseline where it is now, it, it's pretty decent. Also, if, if lockdown continues, if we leave without a, a trade agreement, without stuff like that, then yeah, there, there are certain risks on the likes of this that there is potential more downside on this. If we go into a third lockdown, how long is this going to continue? Is it going to continue for next year, two years? What happens if the likes of these these vaccines that are coming out don't happen? Then there is there, there are loads of downside on this now. The, the, the main thing with the likes of banking is interest rates. Now, when interest rates are high, the banks become much more profitable. Now, interest rates uh, look like it's an impossible dream right now to have them have them at high, and it may take decades for, for that to arrive again for the likes of the banks. So the likes of interest rates, they could take them a long time to actually get back to that heyday where they were riding high and making money hand over fist. But just to have the counter arguments here, it's not all doom and gloom, is that the likes of um, Lights has jumped 54% since the middle of September. So there is a little bit of confidence coming back into the, the likes of Lloyds. But if you look at the FTSE, the FTSE has also had that jump and it was down mainly to the Pfizer announcement and now the Moderna announcement as well. Okay, I know you're going to talk about Moderna in a little bit, um, but you just want to touch on exactly what that announcement was? We talked about Pfizer, what was it, last week, that they are that their vaccine was potentially 90% successful. Moderna come out there on Monday, and then they said that their one is 95% successful. Now, it, it, none of them are, are FDA approved, so anything like that. So it, it is just speculation at the present moment. But yes, the market has had a, a pretty big jump because of that. Which links in nicely with our next topic, which is EasyJet, which has obviously had a terrible time with all lockdown and aviation basically coming to a standstill. This news that there's potentially some vaccines which are 90% or 95% successful, it's got to be great news for the likes of EasyJet. Yeah, so we, we talked about EasyJet what, as in June, um, and we we talked about a potential mover. And if you if you would have bought EasyJet in June, it is it is literally up thirteen percent. So basically, no movement. It's been pretty flat. Um, it went it, it it dropped down quite substantially from when we talked about it, and then come back up. So yeah, there are there are some potential good news for the likes of this. Uh, every stock that we talk about can't be like Neo that has gone two hundred and seventy percent. But the idea of this is is that. This is a little bit of a longer term play and we have the likes of the, the farmers that are coming out over the last week um, and talking about the likes of Pfizer, which is 90% successful, and Moderna, which is 95% successful with their, with their clinical trials. But again, none of these are FDA regulated. None of these are approved yet. None of these are approved in the likes of the, of the UK market either. So these are all speculation at the present moment. There's the saying, you know, you, in trading that you buy on the rumor and then sell on the news. Well, I'm seeing a lot of rumors about this vaccine. And so what does that say about your trading strategy? <laughs> well, look, see, that's, that's, the, that's the idea. Is, is, that is absolutely true. By the, time, by the time it actually comes out and uh, the likes of the vaccine comes out, the market, the market will have already moved. 
once the once the likes of the the vaccine comes out we will generally already have a pretty big move and that's that's generally what happens if if you look at takeover stuff like that there that you never generally see a big spike once a takeover happens it's the rumor mill when people are talking about it all of a sudden then the the company jumps or if for any instance that a rumor comes out and then the merger doesn't go ahead then obviously you'll see the stock then drops very quickly because people are all taking profit jumping out of the market and, and dropping their, their price because they are shorting the market now because they know it's going to drop pretty quickly now again like i say we've no fda approval on this or, or any of the european approvals but if this works out and we have a vaccine then the upside of this is absolutely unbelievable if this is true but then again to the downside if it comes out that the likes of the there's no antidote or it doesn't work then there is there is a little bit of downside in this as well so this rumor i guess it's probably more than a rumor because uh, the companies themselves have come out so how has um easyjet's share price been affected by it so we'll just come back to eat that that question on a second you talk about rumor it's 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 funny how um pfizer come out and said on the on the likes of the, the news that their vaccine is 90 what did they say 90 percent successful and then once the market has spiked, so the market opened, I think it was about 20, 22% up. And then shortly afterward, the CEO of, um, of Pfizer then sold 62% of his stocks. Yeah, if, I, I saw a story on this and it was all legit though, because apparently in his uh, agreement, it was allowed. Uh, it was nothing to, obviously he presumed what was going to happen um, and there was great timing on it, but I'm sure it was all above board. Well, no, he, I'm, not, I'm, would... <laughs> not, I'm not saying it's not above board, but if you had, if you were someone who's from the likes of Pfizer or Madeira or some of those companies that have the vaccine there, and you're you're pretty you're pretty confident this vaccine is going to go well, why would you not hold on to your stocks for another six months till you're selling the, the vaccine to every country in the world? <laughs> but if we look at the likes of EasyJet, we had a really really hard level at uh, $456, and it's been pretty it's been there since March. It's just hovering around there. It's spiked up once, broke out of it, and then it's come back and it's been bouncing off that level. Now it's since since mid March, it's been on that level. But then from the the Pfizer announcements, um, what was that? Ten days ago, two weeks ago, we've had a 71% spike on the likes of EasyJet. That has been a pretty big jump over the likes of that sort of markets has has reacted pretty pretty bullishly to the likes of that so do you reckon that we've missed the boat or is there still more upside well if you look at easy jets 2020 numbers as they were up at, at 15,065 now the, the present the present number that's right now is, is 761 so there is a hundred percent more for this to go if it reaches where it was in 2020 but again 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 it all comes down to what happens with the likes of the vaccine is there going to be any side effects of it is it going to be good enough are we then going to have to have a vaccine passport to travel so once or four? Because that's something that is, is coming up, whether it's a like of an app or whether it's a like of you get a stamp. Uh, you know, I mean, all these things are going to have to come into place before we can actually start moving around properly. We're not transferring and moving moving COVID around from country to country. But if this continues and there, there is good news on this, then the upside on the likes of EasyJet, the likes of Boeing, the likes of Ryanair, the likes of any of the aviation companies, the likes of the, the travel 
travel industry, yeah, there are the oil industry, there's, there is huge upside on the likes of these. But what we have to now work out is, are we looking to trade the short term or is this a long term play? Now, if you're looking to trade the short term, you, you'd probably miss the boat because 71% of a jump is a pretty big jump. And anyone who wanted to get in on, on a little bit of the rumor mill probably has. But if you're looking for this as long term and have no problems with tying your money up for six months to a year, then then I would expect this to slowly start to rise. But it may it may get worse before it starts again. It may come back down to that level of, um, what was it, 456? It may come back down to that level again before it takes off. Great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Now, each week I normally say, is there anything else that people should be keeping an eye on? I have one flashing in my, uh, in my eyes. <laughs> Bitcoin. I mean, we're nearly back at record highs. Yeah, Bitcoin, so- big, Bitcoin is flying. It is. It's one of these. I'm still, I still need it to pull back to, to potentially jump in. But if it, if it comes back to that, what was it, 13,800 level, I'd be looking to invest in it. And I would, I would expect it to probably hit the likes of the 20,000 mark at that point. But if it hits that 20,000 mark, there will be a lot of profit taken. There will be a lot of downward pressure. And if I was someone who was investing in it, if it gets to the 20,000 mark, I would probably be par closing my trade and moving my stop loss inside break even. I would be, I'd be protecting myself at that point because remember, if it breaks the 20,000 mark, we're at uncharted waters. We, we have no idea where it is going again. It could reach 30, 40, 50, or it could hit 20.1 and then drop like a stone. So just be careful once it, or if it hits that, that 20,000 mark. Oh, it's a tough one not to know what to do, isn't it? Oh. Well, look, for me, it's definitely, it's definitely not a buy at the minute. We need some sort of pullback. We're, we're massively overextended on the phase one. So I need some sort of phase two. So if we get a phase two, then it, for me, it's, it's worth jumping in on. But till I get that phase two, you can't, it, it's like trying to catch a falling knife at the minute. Okay. So if it doesn't matter whether it's going up or not, you will, if you try catch a knife what's the chance of you catching the handle and that's and that's the, that's the way it is at the present moment is, is flying you just have to say goodbye to it and see you later and once it comes back gives you an opportunity to get in that's what we're looking to get in on it but okay. yeah it's fly, it's flying at the moment yeah we'll keep our eyes and ears on it um, well thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast you can learn more about the markets on henry's weekly webinar which you can find at the toro trading school which you just need to go onto google and search for thanks everyone bye-bye thanks bye You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.